Star Wars 7x7 episode 1239 today, Fishing in the Deluge. And this is one of the legends of Luke Skywalker that probably strikes closest to home. Punch it, Chewie. Hello, everybody. I'm Greg Proops. You may know me as Fode from The Phantom Menace. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. I love you, Alan. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And let's kick things off with this one by, first of all, saying yes again. <laughs> I'm going to say it every time. Thank you to Disney Lucasfilm Press for sending me a copy of The Legends of Luke Skywalker, which is part of the Journey to the Last Jedi publishing initiative. And this particular story, which is Fishing in the Deluge, well, let me also say that we are in full spoiler territory, so if you haven't read the book... Blah, 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 blah. You've been around long enough that you probably know what the deal is. If you're brand new, you know, spoiler warnings, okay? You get them all the time. So I think I've covered my bases here. So let's dive right in. If you're staying with me, let's do it. The story kicks off by introducing us to the planet Luel, L-E-W apostrophe E-L. And darned if it sure doesn't seem like this is also known to us as the planet Actu, A-H-C-H-T-O. It's a planet almost entirely covered by water except for little fingers of mountain ranges and that sort of thing jutting out of the sea to create little islands here and there. And the planet, though mostly covered by water, is still sparsely populated in patches all around the planet. And that includes our heroes for the story, which are Ayagon and Tonglon. They are two kids who are old enough to hunt along with their giant wind trusters. These are four-winged birds that are able to glide in the currents and can do so so effectively that they can even sleep while they're gliding in the air currents. So here's what happens. Aya and Ton are out trying to get food for their little village. And Aya gets the biggest marlin she's ever captured. She can't carry it just with the one wind truster. Her brother goes back to their home island of Ulaanatur to bring help. But unfortunately, a giant storm is coming at them. And Aya realizes, oh, I got to cut bait and get out of here. Unfortunately, she doesn't make the decision quick enough. And she's caught in a horrible lightning storm. Lightning kills her wind truster. And as she's falling to the sea, out of nowhere, an X-Wing happens to arrive and rescue her. She basically is passed out unconscious. So all she knows is that she's falling from midair down toward the sea far below. And she sees this metallic X-Wing show up. And next thing she knows, she's waking up conscious again on the island of Ulanator. And somebody who turns out to be Luke Skywalker in the telling of the story is talking with their village elder. This is Elder Kyla, K-A-I-L-L-A. And this person who showed up and rescued Aya, this is the Seeker, as they're referring to him. He is on a mission to learn about the Force and learn everything he can find out about the ways that people interact with the Force, which is referred to as the Tide here on this planet, Luel, or what we know as Luel, but we may also know as Aktu. Anyway, they're turns out to be a bit of a battle of wills between the elder and the seeker where the seeker is very interested in finding out all he can about working with the force or the tide as they call it and the elder says nope i don't want to teach it to you and it seems like it's going to be really tense but everything works out and so 
the seeker stays on and actually talks his way into doing a set of trials that all of the people within this little village have to do in order to gain a facility with the tide or gain a connection to the tide, be able to work with the ebb and flow of the tide, but only when it's clear that they are going to do so without the desire to master the tide. And so Luke, pretty sure it's Luke, <laughs> says that he wants to be treated as a random student and says, there's no shame in unlearning what I have learned in the search for wisdom. And the line here says, the elder shook her head and laughed and says, I can only wish that someday you'll also be pestered by a student as persistent to learn what you do not wish to teach. Ah, so that, of course, is supposed to be a wink and a nod to Rey showing up on the island in The Last Jedi. But you could also consider the possibility that it has something to do with Ben Solo, a.k.a. Kylo Ren as well, where he might have been saying, Uncle Luke, teach me the Force! Uncle Luke, teach me the Force! And Uncle Luke would have been like, yeah, I don't know about that. So I think there are a couple of ways we could go with it. But as for the trials that he undergoes, does he pass? Well... I'll share the answer to that with you after the break. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Nissan and their Master the Drive sweepstakes going on now through November 27th. You can enter for the chance to win your own personalized ride inspired by Star Wars The Last Jedi. Plus, you and three friends could get tickets to the opening night screening of The Last Jedi at the world-famous El Capitan Theater in Los Angeles. And, and limited edition executioner trooper collectible helmet all you have to do to enter is go to nissanusa.com slash star wars to customize a star wars inspired nissan vehicle again that's nissanusa.com slash star wars to enter and last but not least here are the legal details deep breath here we go no purchase necessary contest ends november 27 2017 you must be 18 years or older to enter it's for residents of the 50 u.s states and washington dc only entries rules and odds are at nissanusa.com slash star wars and it's void where prohibited Welcome back. All right, so the answer is no. <laughs> he does not survive the trials. Well, he survives the trials, excuse me, but he does not pass the trials. He only completes the first two of the three, and the third one, he just can't quite do it because basically his wind thruster is getting tired. They're in a place called the doldrums, which has basically utterly incomplete dead air. You could almost think of it as sort of a dark side space in this whole tide business. And he's able to get a fish. He's supposed to be able to do it with this crazy, gigantic, long rod. And he's supposed to be able to demonstrate that he can move with the ebb and flow of the tide, not just try to master the tide in accomplishing what he wants to do, but trusting the tide to know that what he wants to do is the right thing to do and guiding him and being able to do it without him saying, this is how I want it to be, to not focus on the how, 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 how. So he fails the final test. And when they get back to Ulanator, he finds out that um, he came closer than any off-worlder to completing the trials. And he says, though I didn't pass the trial, I've already learned much that is valuable. And Elder Kyla says, what have you learned? And he says, to see the light side and the dark side of the force as sunlit foam and shadowed eddies in the same tide, to accept that the force is a greater will than the individual, to trust that sometimes to yield is not to surrender, but to dissolve the ego in the grand web that connects all to all. And Elder Kyla in response says, you might have learned everything we could have taught you after all. Sometimes failing a trial is the same as passing it. Do not can be as good as, if not better than, do. And so that's another situation right there where I talked about this in one of the earlier podcasts about the Legends of Luke Skywalker, which is when 
elements in the story are being reported to us and we know those elements are true because we've seen them in other movies in particular the fact that this character this seeker character is saying he had a teacher who used to say do or do not there is no try well yes of course i'm sure um (laughs) you know there have probably been people who've said that to other people and yoda may have said that to other people who might still be kicking around the galaxy it's certainly possible And then there's a little propaganda thing that I was talking about. I believe it was during our first episode on the Legends of Luke Skywalker. So that would have been episode 1,237, where we talked about the possibility of propaganda propagating throughout the galaxy. And so what, by chance, would the world, the galaxy, have known about Yoda after the Empire fell and the Rebellion had a chance to propagate its stories throughout the galaxy? I would wager that the Yoda stuff probably did not get shared very much at all by Luke. I mean, yeah, I'm sure he had time to talk with Leia about it, but uh, I don't know. I mean, she might have been like, dude, where were you while we were at Cloud City? We were waiting for you. Like, why didn't you evacuate with us? Any of that stuff. I mean, he might have been able to explain some of it, but I doubt that that level of detail, I mean, maybe would have gone to Leia, but Leia's not running her mouth off to other people as well. So just stuff like that makes me think that the story that's being told by Aya. And Aya seems to be the girl who is hiding out in the wayward current. She only calls herself Flux because she has changed, but that was part of the mantra that she was talking about in the uh, short story itself, in Fishing in the Deluge, that, you know, she's working with the tide and she is changed. So, yeah, I think that has to have been Aya, who is now on the wayward current because she wanted to see the galaxy And now she's actually finally getting her opportunity to do so. And at this point, I would say she is probably the most credible of the narrators that we've encountered so far. The one that we're about to encounter in tomorrow's episode, I would say, is probably the one that you could trust the most only because I know you could probably convince a droid to lie, but I think the odds of it happening are probably not as high as we all might like to think. So we'll talk about that story tomorrow. But in the meantime, I do want to say thank you so much for listening. Oh, and before I say the rest of that, I will also say that there's no indication in this story of when it's taking place. So presumably it is happening in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, but we have no other bearing given to us to suggest uh, when it might be. I mean, the age of Aya as she's depicted in the story versus where she's at when she is in the way we're current, they both sound like they're reasonably within a few years of each other. And so I guess that would suggest it's also something that happened within the, the bloodline space too, especially if he is on the hunt for connections to the Jedi and to the Force and that sort of thing. That seemed to be something that he did in the last maybe five years or so before The Force Awakens. And all right, that's going to really do it for me this time, except to say may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you take any awful risks with homing beacons, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'd be spectacularly grateful if you put a little something in the tip jar at patreon.com SW7X7. It's not an easy escape. It's destiny unleashed. 
This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.